you know, we get to sort of take the reins and do whatever we want. So we're coming up with a new idea here. An unstructured idea, I think we were saying. Unhinged. 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 <laughs> Wing it unhinged. Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 87. Who do we have? Kevin Butler. <laughs> Just me. Michael Turksani. <laughs> hey. All right. We do have sales meetings this morning on site. This is two filmings in a row. Um, we've had our, our podcast crew ditch us for yeah. a sales meeting. Yeah. It's acceptable. Yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that we could, you know, we get a sort of take the reins and do whatever we want so we're coming up with a new idea here an unstructured idea i think we were saying unhinged 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 <laughs> wing it unhinged we don't know exactly what we're going to call it but we're thinking about uh all the things that we observe in a given you know engagement mm-hmm. you know usually feeds into the topic that we're talking about in a given podcast but there's way more structure hence the hinging in a in a typical podcast, although we don't do a ton of planning on this podcast, um, that's for sure. But there is a theme or an overlay, and those feed into it, those learnings and those observations. But now what we're saying is maybe we just talk about the past week of observations and then riff on that. We have no plan. I have no idea where we're going with this. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm about to say. This is <laughs> even less planning than we do. And when I even say we don't do planning. a lot of planning, it's... Like I'm talking about like minutes. So this is seconds. So we're making progress, mm-hmm. being more efficient with our marketing dollars. Um, all right. So reflections of a B2B agency this past week. I'll go first. Shoot. All right. So so it's been, I would say a week is probably fair. Maybe you stretch it to eight days because I think it's maybe technically eight days. But like in business days um we've had two of our customers that have recently signed you know good long-term engagements with us two of the two of them uh where the marketing leader the the most senior marketing leader which obviously was a big part of like getting getting us in there has decided to move on mm-hmm. pastures, so, both situations, they haven't been in those organizations for all that long. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of experience. They know us. Actually, interesting. Both In both cases, they'd worked with us at other organizations not that long ago. So right. that's and kind we of interesting, were, too. That's weird. We were sort of brought in as part of their uh, part of their growth plan. Yep. Like what I imagine when they were going through um, the vetting process and, and the hiring process with these organizations – they had this kind of growth plan yep. over called like, you know, the first 30, 60, 90, and then into 365 days. What are they going to do? And I think a big part of the plan was we're going to really bolster our marketing efforts internally and then have external partners to help really, you know, throw gas in the fire. Yeah. So I think those are in both cases, very much parts of those individuals plans. Yeah. So, you know, then that is kind of weird because in one of them, we, we worked with much more closely but mm-hmm. in both cases, they were long-term engagements, uh, longer-term early-day customers, too, in both cases, like, mm-hmm. that we still have. And, um, yeah, I think that what's interesting is that, you know, in both cases, we had to go through a process to go into those organizations. Because even if you're 
them new marketing lead. You can't just flip a, you know, flick a pen and, and bring in all kinds of agency resources and or full-time staff. You got to get buy-in. You know, you have to bring the people around the table, which which we did do. Uh, went through a, a vetting process to, to yep. even have us come in. And then um, now we now we're in a position where we have to kind of carry that torch and do a really good job for that individual that you know is moving away from those organizations, individuals. Yeah, um, well, you're right in that these individuals, while they're both senior, I think what both were VP or higher in the org. Yeah. Um, they're significant investments, so they may not have complete autonomy to to fully sign off on long-term commits like that. But I think probably the bigger thing is both are what I would describe as pretty transformative as far as um, bringing the new vision to life, uh, all aspects of the go-to-market and how they want to refresh the offering of their organization, products and solutions, the brand itself, um, which probably is a larger indicator that there's multiple people at that decision-making committee who need to be comfortable with, in this case, Goose Digital, who our champions are bringing forth as they think part of the solution. Yeah. So it, it makes sense um, from that perspective, but you're right. We have to carry on with the strategy and vision, even with uh, both of these talented individuals leaving. Yeah. And I think it points to, um, you know, the environment that is out there still right now. Right. I mean, I, I don't think we're saying that there is, there hasn't been a, a, a bit of a job crunch because I think that there has been a lot of layoffs and, and, and we've seen that and, mm-hmm. and shrinkings of marketing teams. But maybe at the at the more senior levels, there's still kind of a – and I think probably always would be like a, a strong kind of need for the right type of leader. So you're probably seeing some churn in in that in that area where – the really successful, the really good ones are going kind of coming back in and saying, well, hey, you know, I have done this before. I have been able to put in a growth plan mm-hmm. and with the right resources and the right commitment from you, Mr. Potential Employer, you know, I could put this in for you. Yeah. I, if I reflect back on as much as the last like maybe eight to 12 months and then the layoffs we've seen in B2B and tech, it's yeah. mostly been the middle level or possibly like a little on the junior side, it hasn't been too many seriously senior people, Mm -hmm. especially like, you know, department heads and marketing leads or sales leads, especially. Um, Those are still very much in demand. And and what I sort of see here, my, my takeaway in both the partners you're talking about is the talent war is real. These are two highly skilled, highly experienced, very, very talented individuals. And there is a need for that in a market for that. They didn't leave these jobs because they were thoroughly unhappy with what was sure. going on. I think they left for what they perceived to be even better opportunities. Yeah, they didn't leave the organization because those organizations were downsizing or no, because exactly. those organizations weren't committed to spending money or committed to a marketing plan. I mean, like these organizations literally just rounded out a marketing plan that included us and other and other you know components and mm-hmm. internal staff etc so you're right like this these this wasn't a scenario where like my organization isn't prepared to to develop we're we're, we're here to we're, we're here to do that but mm-hmm. now you know there's something else that has come along that they have to really consider in the in those leadership roles 
you know, it's, I think you're right. It is a little bit different at the mid level because you see that you you know we would see that over the years all, all the time. You know, yeah. oh, I get a get a boost, go to this next kind of role, and then you kind of realize, well, maybe the grass isn't greener because they're demanding a lot from me. But it is different at the VP level, right? Where or that leadership level where you're kind of going in and you're making the claim, and they're sort of relying on that claim that you're going to be able to help them. I view it like. At that level too, I kind of viewed a bit like sports where once you cross a certain amount of skill um, and like totally viable experience, like this is obviously talented people. Mm -hmm. I feel like at that point, um, styles and personalities comes into play and you say, well, we have a need for an experienced marketing leader who can do the Mm -hmm. following things. Okay. But we also need someone who's got more experience in building the brand up from from the bottom. Sure as opposed to someone who's come in and taken a really solid brand and just exploded it. Like, I think it, it depends there sort of what the um, specific need is. Yeah. And yeah. sort of where like that individual at an executive level has really thrived. And I think that's probably the case here for both examples. Yeah. And then, so as an agency where you have your primary, like one of your primary champions, because obviously in one case, the organization was, larger than than the other case but there's more champions than just the one individual that's leaving but in some cases you know that one individual is kind of very much connected to the agency right like they are the one that that sort of Mm. really influenced and had to make ownership so now as an agency you know you are somewhat exposed you know you are kind of you have contracts and you've got stuff like that and i think you know in some you're vulnerable but you're more vulnerable right because you you could see a place where you know, maybe the existing directors that are there, you know, maybe they get promoted into that position and that because they were part of the decision to bring in an agency, you feel like, oh, great, you know, you should be okay in that sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, we go external, we bring in a, we bring like exactly kind of what happened here. And now maybe they have a different agency. Maybe they have a different plan, a different idea, right? Totally. Like, it's funny. So if I, if I think back on my career prior to Goose, um, it was all on client side. It was all B2B um, in these SaaS organizations as, you know, head of marketing, marketing leader, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I never really thought about it too much like this until coming to the agency side. But you're only really worried about getting the customer and the acquisition of the customer. And then you're like, great, we're sticky. We're in there. And some technologies and softwares are perhaps more sticky. Mm-hmm than say like bolt-on stuff that can be easily swapped in and out but you never really think about that i think coming to the agency side because we are marketing services for marketers which is one of the more um um, dynamic job functions in an organization as far as people just moving on like all the time you know recessions or boom times or, or whatever yeah i think what's really interesting is we've had to learn how to pivot, how to constantly be reselling ourselves. And we've even gotten better at finding more champions, even though we have one really great one who's there long-term because what if one day he or she just isn't? Yeah. And so I I feel like we are well-versed. We've got that muscle, if you will, that we're constantly selling ourselves across the organization to make sure that we're insulated. We're the least vulnerable we could be. Um, And even from an upsell, cross-sell and just client or account expansion, that's sort of part of it too. I would, you know, what I would urge any marketer, whether you're in B2B SaaS or manufacturing or whatever, is you've constantly got to be building inroads with your customers, identifying who are the right stakeholders 
because anyone can leave at any given time. Yeah. And you don't want to find yourself in a spot where now you're super, super vulnerable to potentially the worst, which could be contract cancellation. And I think like sometimes vendors are viewed, I think particularly at the junior levels isn't always the case, like at the, you know, at the senior level either. So, but I think generally speaking, more senior people in their career understand that vendors are part of the equation for you to have success, right? Mm -hmm. So, hey, I, we're not building all these capabilities internally. Vendors actually make me look good if they do the job that we need them to do. And as a result, I'm going to have a roster of vendors. I mean, we, we do this. I mean, like we have a trusted circle of vendors mm -hmm. that we bring to the table for that very reason, I think is the same on the client side, right? Don't see that as much at the more junior intermediate levels. They almost, they can at times see the vendor as like, oh, this is like a threatening situation and I'm not thinking about building inroads with them. But when you think about like building your career, so if we go back to like the mid-level marketer, you know, if you come away with, hey, I, I, I got exposed to this agency that did a website. I mean, look at some of the agencies that we got exposed to back in the day for web design that we then subsequently used for other things like, hey, I got this mm. design agency, this branding agency, this PR firm, hey, this automation organization. And I took the time to sort of like understand what they did and how, it, you know, now you go off to the next org and you've got a portfolio. You have a Rolodex. You know what a Rolodex is? Harsh? Like old school? Like Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Well, they have, they have Rolodex apps. Oh, they have, do they really now? <laughs> Probably. Oh, that's That'd be kind of cool. I would like the flicker. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. So but anyways, the point I is. Think, I actually think it's a bit different. I'm, the, you're right. The the very senior, like the executive folks, um, they're the ones who are like, I know the roles I want to hire that I rely on on day to day for my programs and functions. I also know the, the roles like I can hire versus I can't. And there's certain things that are probably better at an agency when you need diversified skill sets more of like yeah. a swiss army knife um and i think the, the the individuals who are much earlier in their career like at the kind of early stages call it sub three years i think they're pretty welcoming to agencies because one they're like i don't know how to do that they're pretty honest about it it's yeah. the it's the folks in the middle who are um trying to make that leap into a true like senior management mm -hmm. and they're trying to get as much exposure as they can because they're hungry and they want to and they want to go prove and, they and start validate. taking all these tactics and, yeah. that, and those are the ones that at times they view agencies as like a risk to them and their growth yeah or that like i don't agree with them and it it is what it is but that's where i find like some of the challenge there yeah um but you but know, you could see like you know for both of these both of these individuals that have now left were at those organizations, you know, they, they know us, right. In both mm -hmm. cases, I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, one of them has already kind of hinted at the fact that we will be called upon, you know, in, in the next gig part of, I think a role of an agency to your point, I, I think we do a pretty good job here. I think we could maybe even be more deliberate and, and, and have a strategy here, but you're kind of planting these seeds, whether they're seeds into one to three, you know, year individuals, or the mids or the, or the high levels and you're, you're trying to spread into an organization and what you get back is that, Oh, Hey, you know, this individual that had two years of experience at XYZ company, all of a sudden knows who we are mm -hmm. in three or four years when they get a mid-level role, you know, or their first management position. And we have definitely seen and that. We've too. seen that. We've yep. seen that a lot. So I, that's kind of really interesting. I think to think about in our, in an agency to have a more deliberate plan around that. 
Um, so we could maybe kind of take that away as a, as an insight, an unhinged, insight. an unhinged insight. <laughs> write that down harsh. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. What, what do you got? Cause so far we've just been riffing off mine. So I feel like I've been bringing more, more value to more the value table, to the than, table than you mm-hmm. today. Anyway, something that I've found in, interesting. So as a digital marketing agency, we're, we're exposed to a gamut of things. Some of it's not even digital at all, whether it's persona and messaging building, but it's used across digital mediums. Um, you know, historically we've always been sort of circling around and touching parts of web development, website management. I think I'd say we always get brought into a few here and there, but I've definitely noticed an uptick in that lately, whether it's sort of on the front lines of sales conversations um, and even client engagements that have said, Hey, we really, really want you at the table and not only just kind of observing, but in fact, driving a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And whether that's sort of a new engagements or just an extension of what we've already been doing. And I think for me, my unhinged reflection is that a lot of marketers and departments are going somewhat back to basics to say, like, let's just get the foundational stuff right. We're not really happy with where we're at. It's been a few years. It's time to sort of peel it back a bit, um, rejuvenate or refresh how we want to present ourselves on our website. I don't think anyone disagrees that websites are the most important foundational block of an organization. Yeah not even marketing, just the website's got to look good. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter who for new hires, for your audience, for whoever. And we found ourselves in there. And w- what's really interesting to me is the, the considerations that go on as part of it. How do you actually want to structure your site? Um, you know, as far as do you want to present solutions to challenges in your space versus mm-hmm. say products and what's the balance between products and solutions and, if you're an organization that's been around for a while um, with possibly like good brand awareness as to what the products have been historically, I don't yeah. want to call them legacy, but what, what have they prominently been yeah. in a lifespan? How are those listed? Even though long-term they sort of want to sunset some of those names and reposition everything to a more modern holistic brand. You know, they've made some acquisitions, they brought in some new things. How do you do that? Yeah. And I think that's really interesting. We're seeing, more of that than I've witnessed in six years here. Yeah. And I think it's almost like, um, in both, we've got two scenarios going on, but we'll pick the one I think you're talking about where the organization has gone through an exit mm-hmm. and, you know, the original, at least the original CEO or founder, whatever you want to like go at that part of that original team is now no longer there. And you've kind of got, you know, the new CEO and you've got some of the existing marketing, but all the research has been done already. So Mm -hmm. the, the, they're not looking at us necessarily for research because man, some of the stuff that they sent back was intensive amount of market research and, and, and review that had been done by another agency around ways to think about this, but it's almost like, I don't want to say like you're a shoulder or a, a sounding board, but they're looking for some of that decision making to come from someone else. It's like they 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 don't want to make the call, right? So it's it's actually funny. Um, so there was a session this week. Um, it went pretty well. You weren't there for it, but um, all this is to say is, I kind of viewed it. My role wasn't necessarily like strategist because you're right. A lot of the ideation and, and sort of groundwork had been laid out. It's almost like 
my job is a sort of psychiatrist, if you will. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's helping them understand like what do they actually want, mm-hmm. how to think about it. I've got a fresh view because I'm not necessarily married to any one thought or idea. I can objectively say, well, this probably sounds better and this is why. Um, and just kind of ask them maybe some different questions than their team normally would. And yeah. there was definitely a few that I asked. They, they, they all kind of said, well, well that's interesting. And they, it generated like a really good conversation and discussion around things and how they want to think about it. But I don't know if I'd call that like strategic or, or strategy work as much as it is like just trying to help them understand what they want. They've got tons and tons of thoughts. And I feel like in this case, they've been thinking about this for a long time. And each there's a few people in, involved in this session and, each of them have differing views and, and they're all pretty good views. Like they're all thoughtful people. Yeah. So, okay. How do you pull this together? And websites are like incredibly, uh, personal things for a lot of people, right? Like a very emotional, um, thinking and decision-making that goes into it. People really take pride in websites. It's, it's fascinating. You got like product marketing, you got more sort of like, yeah, brand and strategy marketing. And then there's even some other folks who represent different pillars of marketing are saying well hey wait a minute this is what i think and it's it's a different opinion than than, say the product team yeah so that's kind of what i thought is like i'm kind of like yeah really just trying to unearth things and well how do you feel about that and you said this before it's like they already have direction they're all kind of leaning in a direction or they're feeling but they want to hear from somebody else that knows what they're doing that yeah that's sound advice or that, that that's a sound plan or at least you know that plan you know, from an outsider looking in makes sense. Like I can see how that would, how that mm-hmm. would, that would organize itself on a website and, and not like, there's certainly other areas where we thought, no, that's a bad idea, right? Like we don't, we don't think that that works at all. But I, I, I just think that in, in other organizations, and I think even some really large ones, you have the highest levels of the org really driving that, you know, what is, what are our products? you know, how do we want the market to view us is like a high, high, high level. Mm -hmm. It's not sort of relegated to someone to, um, maybe, maybe they're thinking about it and they bring information up, but they're not making that call. You know what I mean? Even some large tech firms are like, hold on a sec. Like we, we've got the input from the, from the research analyst. We, we've got, we, we know we, so it's like, Mm -hmm. here's the kind of overall thing that we believe as an organization, we are, actually doing here and how we want to communicate now as a team you guys go implement that on a website i think that's an interesting learning or a reflection on this particular project where whether it's because those people have left or you know whatever's happened it's kind of now in this like mode where there's no ownership of that really yeah so what i what i love about this um this client this project this engagement um where we got to, we had the, it, we really kind of stumbled across like what, you know, they've clearly identified who their buyers are, who are the champions. It's not executives in this case. Mm-hmm. Their champions are the, the level below executives. And then we started having this great conversation around, well, what do they need to see? How do we want to present things? What's the vision long-term for how we want to perhaps amalgamate some of the products and brand names into something else down the road? But really framing the positioning of the the company, the products, the solutions um, to the buyers. And it sounds so obvious, but I don't think that actually happens enough in organizations. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's like a bit, um, 
I don't know, it's like a bit misaligned as far as the vision that we have and the way people buy. And there's like a disconnect. Oh yeah, 100%. And what I loved about this conversation was that it was very much about, well, how will they buy? And we don't actually need to worry about the senior group because that's probably more of a um, selling to group sort of mentality once you've got a qualified op and... You know, and that's where I think that. you can have an, a, a real advantage and a benefit. And we saw this a bit too in past where, you know, that's coming up from the bottom. It's like, hey, guys, we're in the engagements. We're doing the sales. We're, mm-hmm. we're doing the solutions engineering. We're doing the implementations. We can tell you how those decisions are being made. So if you're going off on a website basis and you're, you're trying to aim high into a CFO or, or a, you know, a level here that it's not, it doesn't make sense to us. Like those people are not the ones that are, that were selling to or that are evaluating the solution so yeah you're right that that is an advantage of like the other way around because we've seen situations where whether it's the 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 board or the higher echelon not the board but like you know the the higher executive team is like oh no this is what we're all about and this is our value this is our message this is who our customer is and that's what we want to go do and maybe they're driving a vision and they're trying to kind of get there. But at the end of the day, there's such a gap between yeah. that and, and near-term sales. that it's just like, guys, we can't work thinking, with this. We, we've probably all seen these, like these, uh, these sort of B2B SaaS tech companies where they're offering cool product, but it's sort of like in a new category. So they have to go yeah, and yeah. create the category. Yeah. So they have this sort of like this tagline, this, this is our mission. You're like, oh, I don't even know what that is. Like, who are you even selling to? Like, yeah. it's just such a, it's such like a hundred thousand foot vision. Yeah. It just doesn't even come close to, to getting into the weeds. And then it's just confusing. You're like, I don't know what they do. They might build rocket ships or they might have optimization software for sales movements. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's worth calling out in this particular conversation, cause I, I thought it was a really great one, um, was the get, getting closer to the, your audience and how they buy was the, the distinction and, and full agreement across their group which is great around we need to position things based on how our buyers buy, not how we sell. So Mm -hmm, they might have different mm -hmm. sales reps for different products that, you know, stack up to be a solution. You know, most companies have like four to six kind of solutions they offer. And there's multiple products involved. Like we don't really have portfolio reps. And um, each one of them sort of threw that out and said, but they don't care. They, they, They don't buy that way. We will figure our stuff out from a process perspective in the background, theoretically they'll get better at it over time, but it was again, aligning to the Yeah, and that's another thing you could have is like a sales leader could really push, you know, an agenda around aligning the, hey, we've got Mm -hmm. different revenue targets by these these categories of business, the way my reps sell. So as a result, I want that to be how it looks on the website. And it's kind of, well, no, that's just because you've structured your sales team a certain way you know, really we want to be thinking about the buyer and their journey, not the other way around. Because frankly, you might in a year from now or six months from now, redesign your sales team to, to do something different. And now what, are we going to redesign the website? No, we're not doing that. Yeah. And I don't know how much of that even really matters, right? Like it just, once you're in a deal, you guys know what to do. Most organizations do. That's never the issue. The, the issue is really how do you streamline the process of getting someone familiar with your offering and then unearthing an opportunity? Yeah, the other key insight on this one, I thought, was um, they have good content. I think the content across their, in fact, you kind of look at their website today, and you're like, "Well, what's like, what are we doing? Like, it looks decent. It's, like, not, it's not bad. Like, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sitting here being like, this is out of date. Um, 
I think what is a problem is getting to that content and the layout. And I think this is kind of interesting for other organizations because content tends to be a big problem, a big challenge for companies when they're thinking about relaunching, right? The other, one of the other ones that we're working on, we know that's going to be a huge issue for them um, because they, they're going from a very small site to a, to a more realistic size site that they need and they don't have half the content. Mm -hmm. This one's neat because if anything, the site's going to be roughly the same size actually the content itself probably isn't going to change all that much. It's just going to be reorganized in a way that's easier to navigate, you know, gets, gets to the, to the point faster. Maybe it cuts down a little bit here and there, but for the most part, once that frame is built, we're just going to be plugging content that they already have into the frame. And I think that's, I haven't seen a lot of those examples where they've got a decent they already have good stuff and it's just a matter of reorganization into a into a new uh, way yeah. to communicate in their case too the the reorganization will allow for um sort of more on their their h2 um product and portfolio enhancements they've got new products coming down the pipe so i think some of this sets up for how do they more easily insert these new offerings yeah. in a logical way yeah um, but you're right. There's a bit more maturity here than in, in some other cases, maturity. But like in terms of the vision of offering and how they want to structure it, it's it's interesting to go through. And it's funny because I I first looked at like their their plans and their doc, and I thought like, well, what what do they need us for? And what they what they do need us for is to have these questions and challenge them a bit more to be like, does this actually make sense? We've had a few sort of um, aha moments because of that but it's less so us building it as much as asking the critical questions for them to say, Hey, you're right. That's a gap. We didn't really recognize we had. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if there's others out there that might be like, Hey, you know, we did a website two, three years ago, the content's actually 85%, 90% there, but we don't feel like it matches the buyer journey. We don't feel like maybe uh, it's a hundred percent, efficient to navigate that website to get to the stuff that you need well there's an opportunity there to mm -hmm. kind of go through this exercise right to think about the critical questions around structure uh call to action strategy obviously most of these sites are designed to drive engagement and um, yeah. and actually just come up with something and in in those types of projects i mean these projects are never easy or short but they'll certainly be a lot easier if you've got if you're sitting there being like hey, i actually have decent content i just need to like reorganize it and, and, and represent it. Well, that's going to be a lot faster than sitting there being like my website project's going to introduce, you know, 50% more content that I don't have today. Right. I, did, I mean, this is conversation for like maybe a separate podcast, but I think what's greatly overestimated is how much content you need for a website. I yeah. think oh. more and more every year, it feels like websites are getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. I don't think your website's never going to be able to tell, the whole story about all of the edge cases that your solution can mm -hmm, plug in. Mm -hmm. I think you have to represent the themes of what it solves for. Um, and the call to action strategy is the most important. You just have to, um, to embed enough confidence that prospect has align it to the right kinds of people and your target audience. Um, and then hope your website's clear enough that they'll reach out if they actually connect what you present with the need that they may have. Yeah. And that's where the, the role of ongoing marketing comes in. Is it centered and dialed into who the right audiences are? And are you top of mind when the need comes up? But I think websites can be pretty slim. And so a lot of times we hear these objections. Well, you know, I, there's no one here to, to write the website. It's like, it doesn't have to be that big. It should be thoughtful, clear headlines. What do you do? Who do you work with? 
And then after that, I think it's the, the ongoing work is really around constantly creating great resources that your audience needs. If it's, I don't know, cost of ownership docs, if it's case studies that break out cool use cases, yeah. if it's thought leadership because you're building categories and things like that, that's to me where it's that less so than having these product pages that are 18 scrolls down like yeah. no one has well, time it, for and that. I think some of that's ego driven and I think the more connected you are with your audience and what they need because it you know it goes back to like what you said earlier around if the audience if the buying cycle you know requires them to do a certain amount of like technical research well, maybe that's just a PDF. I it's mean, a spec sheet. Yeah, it's a yeah. spec sheet, right? Like you're not like, you're not having like a scroll, scroll, and a million tabs and all this kind of stuff to try to put it all on the page that that makes it very hard to to navigate. But not having the spec sheet could be a problem, right? If it's like yeah. okay, I, it's too high level here because I'm going over to the two competitors and I can get decent info that I need to know. Do you, does your thing actually do this or not? Right? Mm-hmm. That that's gonna that's gonna hang someone up, right? Um, so you want to make sure you understand that and that the core information that's required for buying, you don't have a friction point where it's like, oh, now I got to reach out to this company. It's, that's not easy to do, especially when you're trying to dial into a particular buying buyer. Right. But get to your point. It's, it's about, you know, such a cliche consultant answer here, but it's like, understand your audience. How do they buy? Yeah. And then what's the role of the website being this constant thing that's fairly static? Yep. Um, with like in concert you're marketing that can be much more dynamic in tune with buyers and specific personas and and where you think they you know where you perceive their needs and challenges to be such that you can actually have relevant content for them because most of these especially tech companies their platforms can be used in so many different ways so it's like how do we spin this the right way um that really kind of catches their their eyes and ears cool all right, I think that's pretty good on the first unhinged, <laughs> unhinged, wing it unhinged. Goose unhinged. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but we'll do more like this where it's a little bit kind of just reflecting on the stuff we're Free going style through. And, yeah. yeah. We'll see if we get a lot of likes and subscribes and retweets and shares. And uh, how else do we measure performance? Revenue? Are we on revenue yet with this podcast? It's all brand. Re- all brand revenue awareness. per second viewed. That's the mm. metric I want to see. Revenue per second. Pipeline per second watched. Okay, work on that, Harsh. <laughs> all right. Good job. Thanks. Until next time.